And with that, my friends, welcome into Devils Puck Luck, your podcast covering your New Jersey Devils. Over there, you're going to find season ticket holder, 20 years, my friends, Danny McDonough. I am Adam Armbrecht, not only covering the Devils for you, but also breaking down the Brooklyn Nets on the Locked On Nets podcast and the New York Football Giants on the One Giant podcast. You can check those out wherever you get your podcast needs fulfilled and on YouTube. Dan, when we talk about breaking in, we'll discuss who we are, what we're covering, why we're doing this podcast. But we're talking about the Devils Puck Luck podcast. We're talking about the deadline. We're talking about the team that was maybe on the edge of falling by the wayside with all the other moves that were happening, specifically around the Eastern Conference, specifically with the New York Rangers, who are nipping at their heels. Sure. And then, and then, my friend. Hey, I think we were here in Timo time for like the last two weeks, you know, up until this uh, trading deadline. It's uh, it's pretty incredible what Fitz pulled off to make this Timo Meyer trade happen. It, it's unbelievable. I was thinking about it. And that's what we're talking about, man. They acquired Timo Meyer from the San Jose Sharks. Break down the details of it here. Just at a high level, they acquired Timo Meyer, 26 years old, by the way. I looked over mm-hmm. that, like, for some reason, I think he's six or seven years into the league, too. Yeah, he like, is. He yeah. was in young. So, like, the, the relative, when we were talking about um, some of the other trade targets, if not Timo, what could you do? You were throwing out a lot of names where I was like, hey, 32-year-old guy, 34, yeah, you know, stop gap sure. players. Well, you look at what the Rangers did, right? The Rangers got veterans, you know, to add to their depth, you know, for scoring depth. And we got a guy that's 26 years old. Now, granted, he doesn't have that extension. A lot of people were worried about that. We don't need to worry about it. It actually, I think, could have lowered our cost of getting Timo at the trading deadline. You know, and right now, it's we're focused on this year. Granted, everybody's thinking about the future with this young core. And like you said, 26 years old. Timo Meyer is like the veteran to some of these guys. It's crazy to think about. You know what I mean? And I was looking at, too. So just to first the details on it, I mean, this was reported by a lot of different people. I went ahead and went with Emily Kaplan, who covers the NHL at large for ESPN. Uh, Meyer, restricted free agent, as you mentioned, $10 million qualifying offer this offseason. The trade with the Devils does not include a contract extension mm-hmm. as the Devils plan, which we'll talk about a little bit more coming up here. Uh, to use Myers, Meyer excuse me, in the short term and then explore the possibility of a long-term deal later. We'll touch back onto that shortly. Yeah. But along with Meyer, they added a couple of uh, younger prospect players. Obviously, Scott Harrington's in the mix there as well. And a fifth-round pick in 2024 mm-hmm. NHL draft going the other way. It's the first pick in the upcoming draft from New Jersey going over there. Uh, conditional. You get a couple of defensemen in there as well. Really the big name, if we're going to put one out there, it's Zetterlin that goes right. back the other way. Yep. And then you have another conditional pick. Uh, along with, which I thought was important, San Jose retaining 50% of Myers' current salary as part of the deal. Yeah, for sure. High level. We were batting this around before we you know, came on to do the podcast. You were worried about Mercer. You were worried about like some high-profile names potentially being the, the sure. talking point, the price, the cost. Is this like the home run version of this trade? This is 100% a home run. Adam, when I mean a home no, run, I mean a home run. Here, here's why. Because... That's that's a that's a baseball term. We, we had players, yeah, right? We had we had players that we knew we weren't going to give up, right? Fitz protected players, obviously the you Luke Hughes in the world. Go. I was hoping Wood would go, but you know, it's listen. There's still yeah, time yeah, before yeah. the deadline. We're gonna we're gonna get to what else we can do before <laughs> the deadline, but no, listen. Fitz had guys that he you knew that he was going to protect. Obviously, the Luke Hughes, he was going nowhere. You know, obviously some of our higher prospects that are on the list that are going nowhere. Mercer became one of them. Because San Jose definitely was asking for Mercer. And Fitz is like, no, listen, that's just not going to happen. What surprises me the most is that Holtz wasn't in that deal. 
So to not get rid of Holtz okay. in the deal to get the package from the Sharks is actually incredible. I like Zetterin a lot. Flashy guy. You know, he's definitely a very, very good player. He's going to be great in San Jose. We wish him the best of luck, obviously. Janssen wasn't playing with us at all. I think he played one NHL game with us this year. So that one, obviously, not many double fans are going to care about at all. You know, so it, it's really incredible what Fitz did. And this is 110% a massive home run for the Devils organization. I am not concerned at all about Timo signing long term. I think he's going to. You know, I, I think that's just a matter of the numbers that we're going to work out, obviously, in the offseason, um, maybe even before that. But I think you're going to look around the, the Jack Hughes numbers, you know, the eight, eight and eight, maybe eight and eight point five. Um, and we're still going to have room to sign Brat. We're still going to have room to sign a lot of these guys that we see as the core moving forward. You mentioned Fitz. He he was doing the interview talking about it and saying, um, you know, the lament, like you take this pause because he talked about over the past couple of seasons, you're trying to do things. You're always searching for those opportunities. He gave the indication that this is about then developing this core going forward. Sure. It's the right age for Meyer to be a part of that. Um, but, do, you know, do you do you take any pause on the idea of like oh players that you lose? Said, I mean, like guys you worry about or not, and you kept all the players that you felt were untouchable or you wanted to be untouchable. But does it put a pressure here? And actually, you know what? Here's my, here's my more important question because you just talked about they'll, they'll work it out. The numbers will be fine. Right. Okay. But does the does the names and the structure of this deal give you any pause of like well maybe that's why. You didn't have to give up certain players. Why Luke Hughes? Well, you assume be untouchable, but like these guys are all untouchable. Why? Because maybe it is only a rental. Because there is not a guarantee that they're going to have him beyond it. Or is that just San Jose it's, at some point saying like, "Listen, we got the Swiss connection, man. That, that's Nico Heischer's boy right there. You know, they're going to be playing on a line together most likely." I am not concerned about it at all. Timo seems so incredibly excited to be here. He wants to win. You know, if you look at his interviews now that he's a New Jersey Devil, he is <laughs> amped up. He's just ready to go. You know what I mean? He's ready to play with this team. He's ready to really make a run at the cup, you know, and that goes back to what you and I were just talking about before we started, uh, you know, recording tonight. So what's a bust? You know, is it Eastern Conference Mm -hmm. finals or bust? Is it Stanley Cup or bust? Is it just win around or bust? So Adam, for you, right? It's because, you know, with your other podcasts, obviously, you know, doing the Nets and doing the Giants. When you start the beginning, high, high expectations. right? But when you start the season, your expectations are obviously going to be different. When you get toward a trading deadline, then yeah. you're going to just reevaluate everything because obviously you're seeing the moves that are made before the season started as a diehard fan. I was like, devils, just be competitive right. and let's get in the playoffs. Cause they teased last year for a little bit, but very quickly. Yeah. Fell. And then you fell off. I mean? yeah, yeah. But before the year, you just let's get in the playoffs. Let's be competitive. Let's be a team that's fighting for that final spot. We're sitting here today. We have Timo Meyer. We are third in the NHL, two in the Metro, right on the heels of the Hurricanes. Yep. Expectations now, to me, you have to minimally, minimally win two rounds. Minimally. Minimally. It's a good word. Yeah. Minimally. Uh, yeah. Well, and I think that that's the interesting part then. So, like, you know, Eastern Conference finals are bust. Is it getting to second? Is it winning two rounds? And see, I think about this the same way that I would think about, say, the Brooklyn Nets. So now you look at it a little bit differently because they trade yeah. it away and it's over. But, like, you think about things relative to when they first acquired him, it was what are the expectations of the first year of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? You take the big step back and you say, well, it depends. They're, they're, even though you have two superstars, you need to find the right complementary pieces. They go to the buyout market, the trade deadline. They don't have a lot of you know moves to make financially in that regard. So the first year you don't care about it. It's the next year sure. that things start to ratchet up. So, like, if I was looking at the Devils now and knowing that, and we talked about this too, 
about how a lot of people perceive the Rangers to be the better team already. It's just mm-hmm. that they happen to be behind the Devils in the standings, which a little different now that we have Timo. A little different now we have Timo, right? So now it shifts it a little bit, but that would be the idea of like, well, yes, you're ahead of them in the standings, but ultimately this is a a different team or it's going to be a more competitive team. I I I get you want it to be Eastern Conference Finals. The funny thing is that we talked about and we were at something we'll touch on before we get out of here for sure was the 20th anniversary celebration. That was phenomenal. The 2003 team, which had a a slew of people there. I mean, all the high-profile guys, obviously. But if you think about going into this and potentially lining up with the Rangers in the first round, that's, I think, that's the problem, right? Yeah. Because to say Eastern Conference or bust, yeah, okay, in theory, until you realize that you could play a seven-game series against a team that's right on par with you, you know. Right, of course. So, like, the thing is, is that the Metro is stacked. The East is stacked mm-hmm. compared to the West this year. You know, you have the Rangers, obviously. You have the Devils. You have the Hurricanes. You have the Bruins, obviously, who are juggernaut, which are having an incredible year. So, yeah, I mean, if you go into a Rangers series and you lose in seven and say game seven is a crazy double overtime game, you're going to be pretty devastated, obviously, losing to the Rangers number one, which you yeah. never want to do. But you look at it like, you know what? Our future is extremely bright. It does suck. It does suck <laughs> to lose in the first round after acquiring who we acquired. You know, but you look at it and, and you're positive, you know, moving forward. But yeah, for me right now, I'm thinking we got to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think we can do it because of, number one, the way this unit has come together. And I think Timo's going to fit right in. I really do. Okay, so then let's actually just let's back up to here for a second and remind everybody. That we're talking about it, pull up Timo's stats here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's played pretty consistent in terms of games played uh, after just playing 34 in his opening season there, and only three uh, goals, three assists. Again, it really matter. <laughs> but then you move down the list here. In the last two seasons, he has now put up 30 plus goals. It'll be the third time this year yeah. that he's done in his career. Yep. He's giving you, from a point standpoint, with a little over 20 games to go, 76 last year, 52 so far this mm-hmm. season. Power play goals is the other big area for him. 15 now combined over the last two seasons, last season plus, we should say, season and a half plus. What is his impact specifically now to this team? Because when we went to the 20th anniversary game, which, by the way, friends, in case you weren't aware, and and, and they took off the entire first quarter, essentially. First first period. First, this isn't, this this is, yeah. That's all all right. That's all right. Listen, we're here. We're here. We gave back a quarter at the end of the game, <laughs> so they only played three. No, first period, though, they basically don't do anything. We're sitting there talking about how we went to the game against the Canadians, where I was like... <laughs> yeah, that was you a frustrating know. game, but from what I hear, we're going to we're gonna give that a pass because I heard the flu or some kind Dang, of bug sure, was sure, going sure, sure, on sure, sure, there. Sure, sure. But but listen, at the end That's of the day... About afterwards, yeah. but, but they, they get through that. It's a really good game, and one of the things that you look at and you love is the play uh, between Hughes and Brad. And the way sure. that they're working together, the way that some of these combinations work, where does Meyer then slot into this process? How does he elevate those guys? How does he make it easier for Hughes? Someone who I think, you know, we, we know he's electric. We know he's incredible. He's also undersized. Mm-hmm. And I think there was, you've been talking about, I won't take your, your um, analysis that like, you can see it's like, it's been, this is a long season. It's been wearing on him and you it's need someone to help believe a hundred percent. Well, I think Timo's going to jump in with, with uh, Nico and uh, Mercer, I think right away. You know, and you're going to keep Bratton Hughes together, yeah. obviously. So, you know, power play, it's about the consistency. You know, we've had flashes this year where our power play was unstoppable. And then we've had power plays, you know, four or five games in a row where it's like, what is going on with getting into the zone 
and having some consistency there. Yeah, you're a minute 30 and, in, you're saying, now we get right. a shot, do we think? Or is this about... Right. You know, there's been some loose play, too, obviously, you know, at the top of the uh, the circle from some of our offensive guys, too, which is obviously going to be a lot better. But most importantly, with Timo coming in, you're getting that big forward. You're getting that big, grind it out on the boards forward that is going to make some spe- spectacular plays. You know, and I'm hearing a lot of Devils fans and some other NHL fans, you know, the pessimists out there talking about, yeah, but what has Timo done in the playoffs? You know, it's what kind of consistency we're going to have in the playoffs. He has no, no, no way of being consistent in the playoffs and never has. Listen, this is a different team. He's a different player now. He's 26 years old. He's only going to get better. He's nowhere near his prime, in my opinion. He's going to be fine. He's going to score goals. And what's even crazier now that we have Timo, we have Palat who is incredible in the playoffs and has shown that with Tampa. So I am really not concerned at all moving forward right now. It's a matter of finishing out these, you know, two, you know, two dozen games left, you know, and really seeing where the devils can be in the standings. And, you know, there's a, there's a big chance that we can catch the Canes. I really think we can catch the Canes, you know, with acquiring Timo. And I honestly think that Fitz might not be done. I really don't. So you think it can be another minor move here because we're yeah. recording this on Tuesday night. It'll go up early Wednesday morning, but we're going to come back in on Thursday afternoon ahead of the deadline. Mm-hmm. What is the then, what is it? Is it the, is it the, the, the little bit of muscle? You want a little yes. bit of security? You want a little we t- bit of We talked person? about yeah. this. Yeah, we so talked like about that, this. That's what you want to see. It's like, the, it doesn't matter. All you need is someone. That you never would have thought. In a, in a very cleaned up NHL. Uh, yeah, you never, gonna... you never would have thought I would have said this, you know, going years back. But I think Tom Wilson would be the perfect fit for the Devils right now, you know, okay. it's, oh, you talk, and you talked about yeah, about I think it'd be the, now. just don't get suspended Tom Wilson if you come here. So, you know, it, he's going to protect, obviously, you want it all, don't you? yeah, he's going to protect the young players, obviously going to protect the young core. He's going to fill that bottom six extremely well. And let's not forget, he can score goals. You know what I mean? He's going to be in the crease. He's like, he's there right in front of the net. He's going to get those dirty goals. You know, he's going to get those rebounds. So I think Tom Wilson is a guy that we should target, you know, and I can see us going and getting Domi too. So, I still think Fitz has something up his sleeve. He might want to add to this depth. I don't know if I see another defenseman coming in. I don't think Severson's going to get moved. I know he's uh, UFA at the end of the year. I think that we're going to ride it out with him, ride it out with the playoffs. I don't see him getting moved. You know, some people were thinking that he might get moved. I don't see it. I think he's going to be a key part of this team moving forward and moving down toward the end of the season. So then last thing before we wrap before we wrap up just the trade and we'll dive into this as we just see Timo get on the ice and play and yeah, see what we can 100%. do for that. Um what's the how does it shift the hierarchy of this of this roster? Who is the guy? <laughs> I know it doesn't matter if it's related or unrelated. Anytime that Dan can, anytime that Danny can get wood off the ice, that's like the dream scenario. Oh listen, so just but like it's it's tough, right? Because yeah, no, talking, wood, you, want, you, you know, hockey. you know, I'm hardcore on wood. You know, I, yeah. I, I get, I get a little aggressive. <laughs> yeah, how yeah, I, I know you are. <laughs> Sorry, they pull out some of those. Those are called uh, yeah. innuendos. Listen, at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, this team is Timo, Nico, Brat, Hughes, Mercer, Hamilton. Those six right there are your core guys. That is really the makeup of this team. Those are the face of the of the organization. You know, so it's. The shifting, it's it's not going to be too different. You know, you're going to see obviously the Boquists, you're going to see the the Bastions, the you know the uh, Holtz, mm-hmm. you know, kind of coming in on the fourth line. We're going to see what we can do. You know, kind of rotating players, scratching healthy, scratching some players. So, you know, it's not going to change it too much. You're just going to see some kind of shifts with the top lines. Obviously, Timo is to me, it's a no brainer to play with Nico. And Lindy Ruff already said it that he's obviously going to play with either Nico or or uh, Hughes. So. 
he's obviously going to be on the top two lines. It's yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. But it'd be, I mean, that's so. It's also fascinating too because what you're trying to do is create now have your second line sure. be as you know potent as when you have Hughes out there. But yeah. then you dream a little bit on maybe when Hughes and and, and Timo get out of the, course. together. Yeah, of you, course, you know, and hopefully that's something that you at least get a taste of, even if it's just in the effort to preparing and pushing towards the playoffs. Yeah. Saying, what if we really want to bury a team? Right. What if we want to, and what if we need to come back? Cause the one thing that they draw penalties, job as, right. You know, one thing we've seen them um, over the course of this season, cause I was saying, I was like, I gotta, I gotta crack down on how many and you immediately were like 21 come from behind wins. That's yeah, crazy. So far this season. So they're going to build on that. But when we were at the anniversary game, you were saying, you're like, yeah, it's great. The other thing is though, you don't always want to have to be coming back because it, it, that, that it works until it doesn't work. But right. now having a guy like Timo can act, you can actually say, well, we do feel a little bit more confident that that doesn't have to be luck luck. It could also be. You I know, see what you did there. It could also be that we ha- we now feel like we have the consistent firepower offensively to be able to do Yeah, that. listen, at the end of the day, too, you got to remember, it's we're not playing the Carolinas, the Tampas, the Bostons that we're going to be playing, you know, the Rangers, the, the Penguins, playoff teams, you know, every night and having come from behind wins against those teams. You know, it's the teams that are obviously – not as good as us, you know, and we should be beating those teams. So we're coming back on those teams because we have the talent, we have the grit, you know, that we can come back. It's a matter of not being trailing them in the first place. Right, but that's the point, you know what I mean? Like, and now you look at it like that, you know, you look at holding on to some leads, getting the 3-1, the 3-2 lead and holding it, you know what I mean? We want to see that. Obviously, the come from behind wins, it shows that these guys do not quit. They continue to fight. The firepower that the Devils have now is unreal with Timo too. So it's... It's like we said, you know, when we were in line, you know, waiting to get our nice rings for oh, the two, th- yeah, for the twenty, uh, for the O three Stanley Cup team. I'll have to leave you here to carry the podcast while I go get my ring. It has, it oh, it's phenomenal! It's really heavy too, you know, which is it feels right. It just feels right it when you put it right. on. It you know what I mean? Right on my hand. Um, you know, what's funny too is actually when I got home, Julie dropped the ring. So you know, but it's okay. The ring's fine. But anyway, you know, it, it's Julie's really. Not, <laughs> Um, no, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Let's so um I want to talk just a little bit about, about the anniversary game, a little bit about your background specifically being sure. a fan of this team. But you did mention the Canes there, just so just to give everyone the reminder, the Canes have a game in hand right now over the Devils. They have four up in the loss column. They have the eight overtime losses versus the Devils five. Three point but the three-point lead, but a game in hand. Right. So do you look at have you we, we can always come back in on this on Thursday too but a little bit of it is which by the way Devils do have the best uh, point differential as well 51 goal differential to 47 um it, it does come down to is there enough bad teams to play to make up that ground and get over the top potentially on the Kings I think the Devils can beat any team in the NHL you know let's let's just throw it out there right now the Devils can beat any team in the NHL they're going to play the Avalanche coming up they're going to play Vegas they're going to play the Lightning. They're going to play Toronto. You know, so we got some games that are going to be really tough coming up, and we can and we should win a lot of those games. They play the Canes on the 12th, I think it is. I think it's a Sunday night. They play the Canes at home. You're correct, sir. So now it's just a matter. It's coming up. Yeah, it's coming up quick. So, it listen, it's consistency. It's really having these guys gel. Um, you know, Timo made sure of it to let everybody know that he's day-to-day with his injuries, just a little banged up. Oh, that yes. Nothing ser- yeah, it's nothing serious. Yeah, it's nothing serious. day was like, <laughs> All yeah. Right. Well, you know, when you hear it, this was probably the weirdest trade. And, and the Devils already, they're always involved with 
with some kind of weird trade going on. But the amount of time it took to find out what the return mm-hmm. for Timo was 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 crazy. I remember texting so many different people. I was texting you. I was texting with uh, you know a bunch of friends. Like, so have you heard anything? And you're literally on Twitter, like refreshing the feed like every thirty seconds just to see what was going on. There was so. like four variations of it. Like they didn't get down to like the nitty gritty of names per se, but it was like, uh, yeah, the first rounder, one conditional, two conditional. Right. The money was pretty. I think that was like came out pretty early. That like some amount of money is going to be covered, yeah. but like, yeah, it did. That, that's, I, but I don't. I want to. I want to really stress the point that this is the biggest trade in Devils history, players wise. It's fourteen players, you know, fourteen yeah. pieces, I should say, coming back and, and forth. Kaplan so said it was like in a, in a mix of just. <laughs> oh, it was crazy. This is what Fitz did to pull this trade off is really unbelievable. If you really sit back and think about it, the fact that we only gave up, obviously, a first. But Zetterlin, you know, obviously Janssen yeah. and, and some of the prospects and everything where we thought it could be Holtz, where people were nervous it was going to be Mercer, where people thought it was going to be like Holtz and Sharon Govich in a first and a couple prospects. It is unbelievable what he was able to do. Yeah, and this is what you and I were talking about of just, yeah, you want to you want to get that next little step going deeper in the playoffs yeah, absolutely. The idea of competing for the Stanley Cup, obviously. Um, but not drastically shifting what you think is the core and what of can course. be part of this team going forward. Um, so we're obviously going to be doing these. These two days a week, we're going to be running the Devil's Puck Luck podcast. Just quickly, though, we did go to the anniversary game. Um, that was incredible. You have uh, to see those guys. Everybody, for the most part, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to risk anything because we all want to line some high profile guests. Couple of dudes, and it's been 20 years. I don't think you and I are rocking the same weight class that we were back then. No, technically, I'm obese. So <laughs> if you really get down to the um, weight, listen, wanna, I, I could say on, it. Yeah. I could say it. If you want to watch on YouTube, though, I have a laptop that, that just kind of blocks my midsection. No, you're fine, man. Needs to, it, it's uh, pretty crazy. You know, I'm 5'11 and I'm supposed to be, I think, 170 or 165, something like that. And getting into an emotional aspect of the podcast. My point was just that Marty Brodeur, um, I wouldn't ask him to do any splits. <laughs> there was, there was a couple of pictures going around. There was a couple of pictures going around on Twitter. I'm like, oh God, Marty. But it Marty. Was, but it was a really great night. It was it was awesome because they end up winning seven nothing. They like they just start pouring on goals left, right, and center. That play uh, from Hughes in the middle of the ice where he just like stops on a blade. Oh, it was crazy. Throws a blind reverse pass to the far post. Yeah, it's a brat. That's, that's uh, a brat. Uh, unbelievable. And, and watching some of their combinations throughout that game, it was a great balance to what we had seen against Montreal the last time we were there. And just saying, like, I think this is this is a lot of what you want to see. But for someone like you, 20 years, you were there for the yeah. 03. You were there for the, the game clinching. Yeah. Um, it, you, were like, you were down close to the board. Too. Yeah, I was only, I think, 11 rows up to where they celebrated, you know, the, the Stanley Cup. And seeing Marty Brodeur's arms go up and everybody embracing him and, you know, the big hug that ensues after every Stanley Cup. It was uh, the loudest I've ever heard. Yeah. It was Continental Airlines Arena back then in, in 2003. I did, so I did think it was funny because it's been 15 years at The Rock. Oh, seven, yeah. <laughs> so it just, there was something in my brain when we were there. I was like, oh, yeah, these guys didn't play here, though. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, they didn't. You know, they played but The Rock has been getting progressively louder and yeah. louder and louder. And you know what I love for, for the casual NHL fan, for the casual Devil fans? Now they're getting so much more into it because let's call a spade a spade here. The Devils have not been good the last five years, but with no. all those top picks, the number one picks, and acquiring all the young talent, it is now That's our so time much. to shine. Yeah. And we're going to be good for years to come. So as that season ticket holder for 20 years, yeah, I'm worried about this season. I am worried about yeah, this yeah. season, and I want to see the Devils do incredibly well. I will not be heartbroken if we do not win the Stanley Cup. 
I'm going to be sad no matter what happens if the Devils lose in the playoffs, like any fan would be. Devils lose first round, though. I will be upset, especially if it's against the Rangers. <laughs> I'll be upset. You will not see a happy Danny on this podcast if they lose in the first round. However, so, I'm, I'm confident, though. You know, yeah. and, and that's the thing. As a Devils fan, it's you. the last five years when we're playing a good team and we're showing those you know, streaks of winning some games and the young talent getting better and better, you're like, yeah, we'll blow it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's it's we're young and, and so we've just been bad for five years. Now it's we go into games. We're like, listen, you can win any game. You know, that's yeah. the great thing about the Devils. You know, and going back to, you know, what you're saying, being that season ticket holder for so long, it's you know, to answer your question too. that feeling. I have that feeling of the 2003 Stanley Cup feel. Yeah, you said, you know, being a season ticket holder, I was there. Yeah, you asked me. Oh, no. So it's. Sorry, it was so long ago when I finished talking. I, I got excited. Uh, guys, I'm excited. Listen, what it comes down to is I'm super excited about this team. And, you know, it's 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 well, the uh, I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting amped up because this this podcast is going to be awesome. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about a lot of things, you know, obviously, you know, with the future of this team. But game to game, we're going to talk about a lot of things. But let's leave it. A couple things. I know you had a couple things to talk about here. Uh, yeah. The first thing is. But first, hold on. Hold on. For you, right? Oh. For you. Because you didn't really answer me. Because I was, said was Eastern there, Conference Finals, yeah. right? What for you is, you know, your expectations and where do you think? Do you think it's like second round or bust? Do you think it's Eastern Conference Finals? Like where where are you at with this? Second round. Second round is enough for me. Like, and and it's funny too. Like second round. And then how do you lose in the second round? True. Right. If you get swept. Then you feel like, well, what, you know, we got a long way still to go. Or are there more changes that you want to make to the roster? Are you going right. to need to give up one of those key core players? Because you feel like when push came to shove, we came up against a team that, that we can project. Well, we're not going to be able to get over the hump on them next year either. So, you know, right. win the first round, go to the second round, lose in seven games. Like, I could probably live with that. It sure. really is. I do contextualize so much to, like, how you perform in the playoffs if you like, you can lose good series. I mean, yeah. You can play good series and lose. It doesn't sure. mean you feel good about it. It doesn't mean you're like, oh, yeah, we did it, right? But, um, you know, I'll relate to the Brooklyn Nets when it was toe on the line, Kevin Durant that could have won against right. two years ago against Milwaukee. You go, all right, like, I got to live with that. He tried to hoist the team up on his shoulders, couldn't quite get there. The Giants going in a season this past year. Do you think it's worse? Do, do you think, like, like, oh, what would you rather like just in the moment, in the first round, in the moment, like, like in the moment, you're like, but we were that close. Well, you know what the problem is with that? Um, and in and, and the you know, this won't be the case for the Devils, I, I don't believe this season. The problem with that was then the following year, as you're working through the season and you're trying to figure some stuff out, you're going to come back to, well, remember, this is a team that was one toe away from advancing out and getting past Milwaukee. But right. they didn't, right? So you keep hanging your hat on this idea of like, oh, you were just one little thing away. And I think that that's yeah. like a false hope. Thing. And listen, the it's, results are the results. It's like, like the Rangers beating the Devils in the 94 Eastern Conference Finals. You know, we yeah. were extremely close. And then we won the Cup in 95. So it's, right. you know, you look at it like that. So for me, it's I'd rather see that seven-game series, you know, and that crazy overtime finish if we were going to lose one way than a four-game sweep. You never yeah. want to see that. Yeah. You don't want to see that. So that, 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 that leaves a bitter pill. Whereas like just competitive series that you lose stepping stone, big stepping stone, big stepping leap forward stone. this season, but it doesn't have to be all or nothing. I don't think Eastern, I wouldn't say Eastern conference finals is like the all. Or no, but I think you, I think you just answered the question too. It's you just want to see competitiveness and you want to see the growth because we're already overperforming what anybody thought we would do. You know, it's just seeing those strides to become an even better team moving forward, I think is the point. You know what it is? You, you, you've, been, you've been pointing this out to me. You've only missed a handful of games at home this entire season. You're mm-hmm. going to go to 34, 35 games at home by the time it's all said and done. 
it's like the lapses. Yeah. Let's go ahead and not have that, right? Like, if you yeah. come out of a playoff, especially playoff series, but even down the stretch here, right? Like, let's just clean it up a little bit. Don't have me. <laughs> if I end up at a playoff game with Dan, there's no world where he won't be cursing out wood. If, if there's going to be <laughs> something's going to happen. Let's dump and chase and turn the puck over. There. Uh, but that bad being the case, <laughs> we'll get into this more on the deadline day on Thursday because, as Dan said, th- th- there there could be something else coming here. Let's solidify this. And then that can change what I think they can accomplish and the way they perform down the stretch of the season changes expectations when you get to the playoffs. So the couple of things that we can do is, one, you get over to YouTube, Devil's Puck Luck Podcast. You can go ahead and subscribe. You get over to anywhere that you get your podcast needs fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and subscribe. Leave a glowing review if you enjoy it. That's what helps move the needle for these things as we're in the infancy of creating this. We're really excited about it. Two days a week, we're going to be able to look back at games, look forward at different games. We're going to have a lot of different things we were going to want to do from a, maybe some gambling stuff that I could have had success at at the anniversary. Oh, game, that was but great. They, I'm not here to tell you that the Rock, it's a great facility. Love the noise. The Wi-Fi, not so strong. Could have really made some money there. <laughs> Would have been nice for me. But, we'll, you know, things like that. And we have a lot of fun on the show, too. Um, the only thing we didn't say is that we are cousins. So <laughs> we yeah. are related. We know each other a little bit. Also yeah. good, too. The other great thing that we're going to do and why you need to subscribe and get locked into this podcast every time that we're on is because Dan is going to be doing a real solid to the entire New Jersey Devil fan base mm-hmm. and putting up a pair of tickets to a Devils game at home. Which one is yes. it? Yes. It's either going to be the 16th of March or it's going to be the 21st. There you go. Leaning towards the 321 March 21st game against the Wild. However, it might be the 16th. We'll see. But in between now and then, throughout the episodes, we're going to start to structure it. We'll tell you on Thursday very clearly things you're going to want to pay attention to. You know what? To. I'm actually going to throw something else out there, Adam. All right. When we get a thousand subscribers, too. Hi. Hi, yeah. Oh, hi. Yeah, good. <laughs> when we get a thousand subscribers, we're going to give a jersey away. I want to do that. Wow. I want to give a jersey away. So, you know, I- I'm confident with your background, Is it obviously. Be a wood jersey? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'd be like a Kyle Quincy jersey when he was on the team for like yeah. six months. Yeah, no, no, it will be a relevant player. All right. We're just going to say nice. that okay. it's going to be a relevant player. Wow. So, but, Timo Meyer jersey coming your way if you play your card. I didn't say that. I Maybe. Maybe. A little bit over Maybe. But. With your knowledge and, and your background of obviously podcasts, just, you know, Adam does this for a living. This is what he does, you know, and he's very phenomenal and very successful with it. So I'm confident, you know, that this is going to do well. And, you know, we want to involve all you guys, too, you know, because we want to hear from the fans, especially from the fans. We're going to try and get some great guests on, too. Yeah. You know, so it, it, we're going to have a lot of fun with it. That's what it's about. 100%. We want to be a fan-oriented podcast. Dan Leifer is, is mm-hmm. deep in the weeds on the devils and on hockey overall. Yeah. So you're going to hear me leaning on him for a lot of the, the deep insights, the deep analysis on a game to game basis. I'm going to, you'll, you'll watch, you'll watch me <laughs> just ramp it up here as I dive back in full force. I, I grew up watching the devils cried in front of the TV when they won the Stanley cup with my sister. And when they lost the Stanley cup, those emotions can be related. Even yes. when you're having tears of joy and misery. Um, and, and those are all things that I now get to re-engage in, which is going to be really incredible. So for everybody out there, like you said, support this. We want to support the Devils fan base. That is one of the number one agendas of this. And we'll be back again on Thursday ahead of the deadline talking about moves we would like to see the Devils make and if that can move the needle about expectations when it comes to playoff time. Until that next time, he is Danny McDonough. I am Adam Armbrecht. This has been the maiden voyage of the ships they go out to sea no no i like it i wasn't i wasn't expecting it. you come up with random things i like that don't worry about that as we always say when we're at the games this podcast just like the man on the ice is going to be all gravy
Mente podcast. Buddy. I like that. Yeah.